Thank you for listening to this new episode of the podcast, By the Still Water. It is our intent that these messages inspire your search for the God of heaven. Thank you for listening. The city of Pripyat had the beautiful amenities of many modern cities. It had well-maintained roads, good schools, nice playgrounds for the children. It had stores and markets, hospitals and doctors. It had public art, fountains, swimming pools, a sports stadium, public parks, restaurants, and cafes. The city of Pripyat was a very nice place to live, to work, and to raise a family. With a population of about 50,000 and the average age of the residents about 26, it was a young, vibrant population. One of the tallest structures in the city was the new Ferris wheel that was covered in lights and seemed to sparkle in the night. It could be seen from almost anywhere in the city. People walked their dogs down the main street or pushed baby strollers or young couples walked hand in hand. This was a good place. But something happened. In less than 48 hours, the population of the city of Pripyat went from 50,000 to zero. The schools were not closed. They were abandoned, with the papers left on the desks, the pictures drawn by the students still on the walls, and the books still on the shelves. Inside the apartments, food was left in the refrigerators, clothes still hung in the closets, dishes were still in the sink. Scattered around the rooms were toys, shoes, personal pictures, and furniture. There was no one visiting the parks, the cafes, the stores, or the library. The huge Ferris wheel was silent and empty. There was no one. No young couples. No children. No one. Why? One of the main employers in the region was the power plant nearby. On April 26, 1986, the reactor number four at the Chernobyl nuclear power station exploded and caught fire. The radioactive dust and ash fell on the city of Pripyat like snow, but this snow was poisonous. Each hour that the plant burned, more contamination fell on the city. The fire burned for 15 days. After a short delay, the complete evacuation of the city was ordered, with no time for people to collect personal items. The population of 50,000 people abandoned the city. None of them could or would ever return. The structures, like the Ferris wheel, still stand. It is too dangerous to even disturb them because the radioactive dust is still there. Some of the most haunting photos of the 20th century are those taken in and around the Ukrainian ghost city of Pripyat. We have been looking at different elements of the Bible story. One of the more common mistakes people make when they first consider the Bible is that they miss the connections and threads that run through the story. Some see it as a collection of charming anecdotes, or possibly fables. But in truth, the messages are amazingly unified and consistent across the 1,500 years of writing. We will talk about that element later, but let's just look at an example of themes. Almost everyone is familiar with the term Garden of Eden. It is the place that God placed Adam and Eve. But many have never taken the time to look at how it is described and what that might mean for our attitude towards God. It is important to begin with the description of the creation as a whole. God declared his work to be very good. What might that mean? One element was that there were no storms and no rain. 
the ground was watered by mist. There are a number of places in our modern world where mist is the primary source of water, but this description is more than just a humid place. A hurricane can unleash more power than a nuclear explosion. Every year, people are killed by tornadoes, floods, blizzards, and drought. Take a moment and imagine a place where there is no need to ever fear the changing of the seasons or even a coming storm. This is a place that can be described as good. In the garden, God has Adam meet and name the animals. There are many videos out there on the web that show the terrifying power of animals when they attack. In an earlier podcast, we talked about how dangerous it is to get near a moose and that every year people are injured or killed by them. The reason that is, is because people want to pet them. But take a moment to imagine a place where there is no need to ever fear an animal, no matter what it is. There would be no need to fear a bear, a lion, an elephant, or any other animal. That is a place that could be described as good. In the garden, everything was good to eat. Many years ago, a breakfast cereal had an ad campaign that featured a man by the name of Yule Gibbons who talked about wild and natural foods. These commercials were very popular, and people often made fun of them. But he claimed that parts of a pine tree were edible. But think for a moment. What if everything was good to eat? In the description of the garden, this statement, Out of the ground the Lord God caused to grow, every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. While some have the idea that only good food trees were there, what if all trees were able to be enjoyed for food? Take a moment to imagine a place where food was abundant everywhere and there was no need to fear hunger or to even go to the effort of raising plants for food. That place could be called good. Every need of man was met by the Creator of all things. This is the world that God intended for man, and a large part of that was the presence of God Himself. There was nothing to fear. There was no hunger or loneliness. It goes without saying that, in the presence of God, there was no need to fear others, such as violence, greed, hate, selfishness, or pain. None of those things were present in this place intended for the pinnacle of creation, humanity. Things were very good. But something happened that spoiled this environment. Like the falling poison that drove the residents of Pripyat away, something ruined the perfection of the garden and the place of perfection was lost. It is sometimes difficult to pin down some of the images seen in the Bible. It was written in a way that generation after generation would have the opportunity to discover and to be guided to God. So many elements of that journey are visual in nature. One of those images is the two unique trees of the garden. One is the tree of life. The second is the tree of the knowledge of evil. To set one misunderstanding aside, they are never described as apples. We do not know what the fruit of either tree looked like, but there are a couple of things that we do know. One is that Adam and Eve could eat of the tree of life. This was not banned. That means death was not a fear either. 
There was no fear of the conditions or the diseases that haunt us, no viruses that could kill, no clogged blood vessels, no loss of mental faculties. There was no fear of the weaknesses of age or terror of the loss of dignity. Take a moment to imagine a place where death is a meaningless and powerless word. That place sounds very good until something goes wrong. The city of Pripyat did not die of natural causes. It was poisoned by the choices of men. There was nothing wrong with the Chernobyl reactor number four that night. It was the carelessness and arrogance of those that operated the reactor that allowed them to put the reactor in a dangerous and unstable condition. The reactor exploded, sending poisonous radiation across Europe, but especially around the area close by. And the closest city was Pripyat. Because of the poison released, many died then and continue to die today. Sin did that to the environment of the garden. All that was good was created and sustained by the Creator and was for the benefit of the apex of his creation, humanity. Except that humanity acted in arrogance, carelessness, and in rebellion towards the Creator. What was left behind was wreckage, fear, pain, loss, hunger, and death. The guidance of God was for man to never know the loss of the wonderful blessings that was secured. The garden had one prohibition laid out by the Creator. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of evil. But in that moment where that prohibition was violated, the relationship between God and man changed. And man's relationship with the good creation of God changed. It had become poisoned by sin. As a result, humanity became afraid. Humanity became hungry. Humanity had to work to survive. Humanity became vulnerable to an increasingly violent world. Humanity now faced death because man was cut off from the tree of life. It is a truly sad tale. Except that is not the end of the story. We began the podcast talking about threads. The thread about the garden tracks through many elements of the Bible, but we are going to focus on the conclusion. Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its streets, on either side of the river, was the tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There was no longer any curse and the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his bondservants will serve him, and they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will no longer be any night, and they will not have need of the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them, and they will reign forever and ever. This comes from the last chapter in the Bible. The author is the Apostle John. He is writing these words more than 1,500 years after Moses wrote the description of the garden. But look at the connections and the restoration of that blessing. The description begins with a river and water. Those are another thread that we can follow in future podcasts. But for now, focus on the tree and how it is described. It is the tree of life. It is the tree that humanity lost access to when they were removed from the garden. 
the blessing of the garden has been restored for all the nations. While humanity was removed from the presence of God, that has been restored as well. The curse is gone. But what does that mean? An earlier description by John from the same book says, For the Lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd and will guide them to springs of the water of life. And God will wipe every tear from their eyes. What does it take to remove the poison of sin? One last time, let's return back again to the abandoned city of Pripyat. There is no method or technology that humans possess that can clean the city of radioactive poisons. It is in the soil, it is in the buildings, it is in the trees, and any object that is there. It is a monumental task, and it is beyond man's capacity. Removing the stain of sin that disqualifies us from the presence of God is a monumental task beyond man's capability. But it is not beyond the love of God to find a way. It is a radical plan that requires a radical act. Jesus surrendered a sinless life to defeat death. The Lamb leads the way back to the garden blessing. Listen again how this is described. For the Lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd and will guide them to springs of the water of life. And God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Few images in the Bible speak of hope more than this. Every tear ever shed in a world that is hostile and violent and filled with loss, every tear will be wiped away by the creator of the garden found in Eden. It is the undoing of the curse. So picture this. The people of God are restored to a condition that is equivalent to the garden that is in Eden. There is no crying or pain, no hunger or death there. They walk with their king and lord whose actions made their entrance into this place possible, and they see the marks of the nails where he paid that price for them. We will be following more of these threads in future podcasts, but know this. The place before God is good. The place away from the presence of God is horrible. The word of God is the roadmap back to his presence. It is time to leave behind the mindset and actions that have poisoned so much. Let's follow the lamp back to where it can be said, it is all very good. Thank you for listening to this episode of By the Still Water. It is our desire that these messages reflect the true word of God. If you would like to reach us, you can reach us by email at bythestillwater2024 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at By the Still Water Podcast. Please consider subscribing. This will alert you to new episodes when they are made available. Again, thank you for listening.